The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the anti-penultimate episode of the Central City Citizen, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023, and I'm your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-host, Dimitri Rejasinger. What's good, Central City? And hey, Jeffrey Central Reeves. City of the present and the future. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 9, Episode 11, the anti-penultimate episode of the series, which was titled A Whole New World Part 2, and let's not forget, I refuse to acknowledge the existence of subtitles. The episode aired (laughs) May 10th, 2023. Here's the official synopsis. Iris is alarmed by Barry's disappearance, and Cecile assures her everything will be okay, but does she know that for certain? Team Flash is affected by a mysterious substance, and Keon develops a better understanding of what she can and cannot control. One of the more misleading synopses I can remember... Yes. Um, this app was directed by series regular Kayla Compton, which probably explains why her character was conveniently knocked out and spent most of the episode unconscious in sickbay. Anyway, the episode opens with a man walking into CCPD. It's the doctor we saw last week who looks just like Eddie Thawne, Dr. Malcolm Gilmore, and everyone is looking at him strangely. He tells him he's just been in an accident and found a file that doesn't make sense. People are looking at him strangely because they knew Eddie, who died. Then Captain Corber, yay, Captain Corber finally getting that promotion, comes out and tells him they need to talk. Last week I speculated this was an alternate Earth, and maybe Eddie Malcolm was being set up as some kind of secret weapon. I'd say the fact that Corber is the captain supports the alternate Earth idea. And did anyone else notice all the grass throughout CCPD? It was on everyone's desk. There was like a, a whole shelf of grass in front of uh, Corber. Um, is this just a design touch, or... Does it mean something? Dimitri, you weren't here last week. What are you thinking about Dr. Gilmore and his possible purpose? It's interesting. I didn't I didn't think that they like everybody was from an alternate earth. I was thinking like Dr. Gilmore has somehow been transported from an alternate earth to our world. Um it's uh I have a feeling like, uh, you know, we're not really going to get answers until, like, you know, the the finale. But uh, Oh, I have an answer for you. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I it, it kind of seemed like everybody surrounding him was familiar with Eddie, and they looked exactly the same, which would support that everyone else is sort of in quote-unquote, our universe, um, and uh, and Malcolm Eddie is from another universe. But when he started sort of remembering everything and then, you know, with the uh, with the little self-surgery scene at the end there, then I was like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. 
In the present, Iris is briefing the team about where they are on Barry's disappearance. It turns out it's six hours since Barry disappeared in the uh, the Star Labs reality. Chester's picked up traces of a radioactive isotope of cobalt. I wonder why. The disappearance <laughs> wasn't an accident. Mark shows up and offers to help the team. Keon is happy to see him. Cecile says that she's the one who called for Mark. He's been in contact with her for a few months. The team comes up with a plan to find Barry. Really? It's kind of weird that Mark just sort of walks in and takes control in the way he does. There was one scene where I was looking at it and thinking it felt like, okay, Team Flash is a straight white guy here. I'll take charge now. Uh, Jeff, how would you feel about Mark's reintroduction, aside from the fact that he must have been hanging around outside the lab waiting for a line that he could comment on when he walked into shot? Well, there was that. Okay, I, I mean, we're going to get into what happens, but immediately when I saw him, I found him suspicious. Like, it just, it seemed way too convenient. And I know, Cecile, we love you, we believe you, and we trust you. But even the words coming out of Cecile's mouth, like, I understood what she was saying. Like, I was in contact with him. It was a secret and all that kind of stuff. But everything about him, to me, seemed so off that he was just immediately, for me, suspect number one. Once weird stuff was happening but but it was great to see the actor back i mean i know he's not the most beloved person here on our podcast but he is in the opening credits and there is an interesting relationship that the mark character has with the keown character that i wanted to see a payoff whatever it is you know with them uh, before the series ended but yeah like for me he just was incredibly suspicious from like the first thing that came out of his mouth at her office iris finds an old story draft about barry going missing during crisis allegra tells her it will be okay but iris is worried that nora will grow up with a missing father as she once did before in a different alternate future. Allegra goes to get Iris some tea, but is attacked in the hallway. And I get it. I don't like chamomile tea either, but (laughs) suddenly a pipe starts leaking gas into the citizen's office. Iris's staff orders her back into her office before they collapse. Mark and Keon arrive to help. Keon helps fallen employees by growing plant cells in their bodies to help them breathe. But it turns them green and frightens them, somewhat understandably. Uh, Iris then goes to check on Allegra, but she's down and she's not waking up. At Star Labs, they find out she was also attacked by cobalt radiation, and the team is definitely under attack. Dimitri, any thoughts on the attack or the way Keon dealt with it? It seems to me that, you know, an oxygen mask might have worked just as well. It did seem sort of, I I guess they were really piling on the weird to build up to her quote-unquote revelation at the end of the episode, but it did seem kind of strange. I would assume if you just grew plants inside somebody's body it would not make them breathe you would just sort of be growing plants in a corpse um they wouldn't interface with your respiratory system but i uh yeah it's one of those things where i figured we were going to get some sort of payoff for you know all the weird shit kiona's been doing um at the end of the episode so I rolled with it for the moment, thinking, like, okay, this is going to be explained by the end of the episode. But the explanation we got, I don't know how you guys felt, it just didn't satisfy me. It it felt so catch-all that, I don't know, uh, as much as I hate the Forces storyline, I would have taken, you know, I'm the super positive Green Force uh, more than I took 
her sort of, oh, well, it's simple. I'm a goddess uh, line at the end there. Over with Malcolm slash Eddie, he tries to prove his identity by showing Captain Corber his driver's license, but it takes a moment to materialize, and when it does, there's blue lightning involved. So maybe I was wrong about him being a good guy. He explains that there was a lightning strike at his office at Mercury Labs, and after that, the file was just there, and he felt he needed to learn more. Malcolm starts hearing things, and again, this is where I start to think I'm probably wrong about him being a good guy because he's hearing the negative Speed Force voice in the same way that other avatars of the negative Speed Force uh have been uh had been hearing it uh he rushes out of the office uh jeff so as i say i'm not as confident as i was about malcolm slash eddie being a savior or a good guy now that he's hearing the negative speed force and there seems to be negative speed force involvement with that uh, driver's license what are you thinking the driver's license thing was weird uh shout out to captain corber uh you know, she you know climbed the ladder of success at CCPD, loved it. I didn't notice the grass stuff that you mentioned earlier, but my assumption was, after you mentioned it, my, my only assumption to explain that is it's the future, so strange things are in the future. You know what I'm saying? As far as Malcolm being hella weird, he was hella weird. Like, I don't know what... I mean, he's spooked. He got electrocuted in a very familiar way to all of us that have been watching the series. But he doesn't know that. He's hearing voices. The woman's like, let me help you because you look like this man that I used to work with. So, I, like, I didn't understand why he wouldn't let her help him. Um, but, yeah, once all the stuff was happening... I started to not figure things out because I was still shocked by what we found out later. But they I will just say this. They did a good job of setting up the reveal later on with all of this. Back at Star Labs, Keon and Mark talk. Mark's upset about what Keon did to help the people back at the Citizen, and he berates her, telling her she's not a hero. In fact, he calls her an abomination. Yeah, I'm a bit harsh. I haven't been a fan of Keon, but... Even so, uh, when she runs off upset, his eyes glow blue. Ah, he's possessed. Uh, Mark goes on to tell Chester that Keon simply ran away, and then he pretends to be upset about that. He also makes Chester feel guilty about not spending time with Allegra as she's hopefully recovering. Mark offers to help the calibration of the satellites to track Cobalt, but it's a ruse. When Chester leaves, Mark disables everything. He then tells Iris and Cecile that he has food for them, and when they go to get it, he takes down Cecile. He reveals to Iris that he is actually the negative speed force, dum dum dum, who has taken over Mark, and he plans to kill Iris and the baby. But Speed Force Nora shows up to save them. The arrival of Speed Force Nora took me completely by surprise. I, you know, when the lightning shot in, I had no idea who was firing that lightning, uh, so I was a bit surprised by that. Dimitri, were you at all surprised by Mark's heel turn? Uh, I talked with Jeff about that earlier. As I mentioned, I twigged onto it a bit earlier, uh, but I thought it was awfully convenient how Mark had sort of, you know, stepped in and taken control of everything. Uh, were you surprised at all by that, and were you surprised by uh, Nora's return? Um, I was surprised by Nora's return in that, I had hoped to see as little of the quote-unquote forces as possible. Um, so when the lightning came out, my initial thought was, oh, Barry found his way back. Um, it did seem an odd choice overall that The Flash is in so little of this episode, given it's one of the last episodes of The Flash. So I was expecting Barry to come in much sooner. Um, so... 
Yeah, I guess I was surprised when um, Speed Force Nora was there instead. Mark, the moment Mark said, you know, oh, you know, I just said this, and then, you know, Keon got upset and ran away, I was like, oh, okay, he's a traitor. Um, I, I wasn't, I didn't immediately clock him being possessed. I just thought, oh, maybe he's upset about Frost again or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I did, at that point, I was like, okay, like, Mark's definitely the guy instigating everything. Can I just say this really quick? I was genuinely surprised at how stupid they made Chester. The way he was reacting, I thought he sensed that something was off with Mark, and that he was... You know, he was doing some sort of, uh, you know, because he was like, oh, well, let me just really quickly do something here on the computer before I go, you know, away, because clearly you want me to go away. So I'm going to, like, fake like I'm doing something here, but I'm putting some code so you can't overwrite it and this, that, or the other. Because all of the, like, the way he was emoting, like, reacting, it seemed like he understood that Mark wasn't Mark. But then... When that didn't happen, I was like, Chester, are you that dumb? Well, he had no reason to doubt him. The thing that bugs me is that God-level Cecile didn't pick up on anything. That Oh, I, I was mean, pissed at that, too. Yeah. Uh, you could maybe make the argument that maybe her powers don't work when she's in the uh, the time room, but she should have picked up on it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, that bugged me because they've been setting up Cecile to be so op that uh, for her not to have picked up on it um, or for her not to have been the first person that uh, that Mark took out for that reason uh, struck me as as unrealistic. Maybe but just... I, again, it feels like they're doing things like, as you mentioned, with Chester because they need people to do things for plot reasons yeah. rather than character. Maybe she didn't eat her breakfast that morning. Entirely possible. Yeah. Speed Force Nora explains that the negative forces are attacking her on the cosmic plane and she's almost out of power. The negative forces are also holding Barry captive somewhere. She says that Keon can help them. Uh, and then Iris asks the time ball to show her memories of her while she records a private message for Barry. Meanwhile, where Barry is back in 2000, we get a flashback to last episode. We see him fighting for his life. And as Iris is remembering her positive memories of Barry and leaving her message, we see him get a boost. Jeff. The editing suggests that Iris was instrumental in helping Barry, uh, which is a question we had about last episode. How did Barry get that magical power boost that allowed him to temporarily defeat uh, the negative speed force and free Joe? Did you buy the explanation? And do you think it's presaging something? I buy it because it's the power of love. Yes, I'm here for it. You got to remember, she's his lightning rod, which we were told in this episode. Or not told, but we were reminded about in this episode. They are what is it that they were called? They were the um oh gosh, what are they called? The the couple um I forget the actual term that's used, but they're like the ideal couple of the Arrowverse. Um the fandom call it that, and I think they were called that on the show too, but I can't remember what it's called. What what the actual term was. But they are they are like the couple. And I 100% believe that her positive vibes and energy and her love for her man and his love for his woman, like, that is what helped him in that moment. I'm here for it. They were protecting each other. 
like all of that, I, I buy it. You know, this is a weird, sciencey, timey-wimey, crazy show where you can shoot chlorophyll inside of people and help them breathe, and uh, people can come back from the dead. And I mean, there's a whole situation that happens <laughs> very soon that we'll be discussing that I never thought I'd ever see on this show. So crazy shit happens. So I am 100% believing that Iris West Allen's love and devotion for her man and uh, Barry Allen's love and devotion for his wife is what helped him um, kaboom the crystal out of Joe West in the year 2000. Speaking of crazy-ass shit, moving on, elsewhere yes. at Star Labs, Speed Force Nora summons Keon and explains it's all up to her now. Keon is inhuman, and that's the point. She needs to embrace that. Her power is that she is connected to literally every living thing, and she needs to embrace it or everyone will suffer. So... No pressure. Then Nora, of course, disappears. Uh, Chester gets the scanner working and traces things to Caitlin's apartment. Keon goes there to deal with Mark. Keon gives the negative speed force one chance to leave Mark alone, but it refuses. She'll have to kill Mark because while he has the crystal, the negative speed force is in charge. Keon says she's removing the crystal. She does so and turns Mark to ash. But then she reconstructs him crystal-free. However, when Keon goes to pick up the crystal, it vanishes. Dimitri. We're getting some long-delayed explanation as to who or what Keon is. How would you like the fight? Personally, I thought it would have had more emotional resonance if Mark had stayed dead. There would have been a consequence. We're not getting a lot of consequences as we approach the final two episodes of Flash. Um, so uh, what did you think about uh, the, uh, the conflict and uh, Keon sort of coming into her own, as, as we will later discover, a goddess? Oh, that sort of rhymed. Yeah, um, it... It seemed kind of, you know, it's, uh, I understand that this is a show about a guy who can run so fast he can go back in time. But even so, I find Keon's powers hard to deal with in that they seem to be such a catch-all. And when you introduce a character like that, it's it's the super problem, right? Like, if if the good guy has this much power, you know, what threat does any bad guy pose? Um, so when she sort of destroys Mark for a second, I'm like, oh, well, that's the end of Mark. Um, okay. Um, but then she just sort of reconstructs him. Um, well, I mean, is anybody in any real danger then? It seems like this woman can just sort of create life um, at will. So I, I wish, you know, to build the stakes for the final couple of episodes, they would quantify her powers somewhat just to make her, you know, make us empathize with Team Flash more in that, like, oh, they're, they're really up against it this time. But it seems like they're just sort of giving her unlimited power, which, you know, can be kind of a letdown when you're trying to build a climax. Well, yeah, her power is whatever it needs to be in any given episode, which is a bit of a cheat, especially, you know, this late in the run. Uh, in the time vault, Iris goes into labor. As she makes her way into the lab, Barry shows back up just in time. For reasons that are reasons, I guess. I'll be honest, I thought this might be another manifestation of his connection to Iris. That, uh, you know, her really needing him in that moment and really wanting him in that moment, reached out to him, but in I went back and checked it. And when Barry reappeared, he was in blue lightning again. So it doesn't seem that was the case. For some reason, it seems the negative speed force chose to send him back there. Uh, I don't get it. 
They head to the hospital. Barry explains where he ended up and that he found peace seeing his parents again. And Keon casually mentions she's a goddess. Uh, she thinks she'll have to leave everyone because her purpose is bigger than all of this, but she promises to stick around and help with the negative speed force. Speaking of which, as they're talking, Barry disappears again. Jeff, I already asked Dimitri about Keon in her fight. How are you enjoying the Keon reveal? Uh, Dimitri and I were expressing we have our reservations about it. Um, and, uh, oh, also, um, do you think there might be another shoe that has to drop regarding how they just conveniently got a goddess on the team just in time? Or is it just, you know, realizing they needed someone really powerful to deal with the, the negative speed force? They realized they needed someone really powerful to deal with the negative speed force. I believe there was an interview with Eric Wallace, the showrunner, towards the start of the season, or maybe even it was a preview of the season type of interview, where he basically said that this new person that Danielle Panabaker will be playing will be, like, essential, like, crucial. I don't remember if those were exact words, but, like, paraphrasing, she would be essential and crucial to, like, the final fights. And clearly, I mean, she's ridiculously OP. Like, we thought Cecile was OP, but clearly she had an off day in this episode. But Keown is, like, Thanos-level OP. Like, she'll snap, and you go poof. Like, I mean, watch out. Don't give her any more ideas about polluters and that sort of thing. But anyway, um, as far as Keon leaving and basically saying she has a higher purpose, like, I get it. She's a goddess, so she does have a higher purpose. What is she doing with schlubs in Central City, you know, drinking uh, CC jitters every day? Like, she has to go out there and basically be, you know, the Captain Planet of the Arrowverse, and I get it. And let's be real also, we only have two episodes left, so, you know, having her ride off into the sunset, you know, saving the rainforests of Brazil or something, like, I'm perfectly fine with her doing that. It, you know, it makes sense. And it's probably better than her, you know, and Mark falling in love just because he lo- she looks like, I should say, um, Killer Frost. Or I should say yeah, Frost. And- and, and practically speaking, you know, they're making her so OP that they have to remove her. Otherwise, exactly. every situation, it's, it's going to be like having Superman on the team. Exactly. Oh, there's someone's menacing us. I'll deal with this. Someone's and, I'll deal with this. Someone's and, I'll deal with this. Yeah. And they also now have a person that can, in essence, kill the big bad because for whatever reason, they don't want Barry Allen to kill anybody. So, uh, you know, it, maybe it won't be Iris with, like, a bazooka. It's going to be Keown with all of the elements or something. Although I have a little bit of a theory as to what will happen <laughs> in the future outside of that. Can I just say, though, the biggest shocker for me outside of uh, uh, what we're going to discuss in a moment, I was really surprised that Iris was, like, going into labor. Like, I don't know why I was surprised. Maybe they were just going to drag this night out over the next uh, two episodes. And they can do that with time travel and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, I was just surprised. It seems like it's so soon because there are still two episodes left. But, yeah, I was surprised that they started that immediately. I was also kind of surprised when Barry disappeared again. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was like, damn it, man. Like, we just got him back. Yeah, it was mentioned, interesting you mentioned the idea that uh, Keon can apparently kill, although she killed and, and brought back, which is a bit of a cheat, as I said. Um, and how great would it be that, you know, the, the, the final episode, the negative speed force is taken down by Iris with a shotgun, but come on, 
we've done that. So how about this? Iris is giving birth. She gives birth to baby Nora. The negative speed force shows up. Baby Nora grabs a shotgun. Boom. Okay. Story writes itself. The, yeah, uh, or she has having twins. Line, Malcolm frantically digs up Eddie's grave. Captain Culver shows up to try to stop him, but he tells her that he has to do this and then starts laughing maniacally. Pro tip, kids. When exhuming a grave, keep your maniacal laughter to a minimum. He opens the coffin and finds it's empty. When he does this, all of Eddie's memories come flooding back. The gunshot wound that killed Eddie appears on his chest, and he even rather grossly pulls out the bullet. Now, if you shot yourself with a police-issue gun that close into your chest, the bullet would probably have gone straight through your body and certainly wouldn't be sitting on there on the surface for you to dig out with your fingers. Gross, gross, gross. But anyway, Eddie is back from the dead. Uh, Jeff, Dimitri, what's up with that? Now, I did think a possible explanation was provided in Eddie's flashbacks. His body did disappear into the portal, so maybe someone recovered it. But why would the wound reappear just when he remembers everything? Could he be in a simulation, which is preparing him for something? I'm going to open this to both of you. What the hell's going on with Eddie? We'll call him Eddie now because we now we know he is Eddie Thorne. Go ahead, Dimitri. Jeff says go ahead as if he thinks I know what's going on. No, because I, I have a whole idea. I absolutely don't. No, I have a whole but, idea, but I'd rather hear your idea first. Okay. The closest thing I've seen to this, um, in my opinion, on the show has been when um, when somebody like changes the past and the future is sort of adjusting. Um, and so the future is in flux. And so like Nora's disappearing or Barry's losing his powers or something. So I, I wonder if Thawne has somehow gone back in time, managed to find a way to stop Eddie killing himself, um, and now the timeline's kind of in flux, um, just based on, well, Thawne didn't, well, uh, Reverse Flash didn't kill Barry because Eddie killed himself just in time, and now, you know, Barry's about to have a baby, like, you know, the, the whole nine yards. So, um... I think that, you know, timelines are resolving themselves um, or like the the past future is in flux because somebody messed with the timeline. I can't put my finger on it closer than that, though. Jeff, what's your theory? Okay. Now, let me just say I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because I basically called uh, Kiona Goddess like at the start. So I said that she was, like, controlling the weather. She was, like, going to be some sort of Mother Nature type of person. And that's basically what she is. So I'm, I just wanted to say that I'm proud of myself, since nobody else will say it. Now, as far as what Eddie is I'll, doing... I'll go ahead and say it. I'm proud of myself, too. Okay, good. Now, <laughs> that was good. Now, as far as Eddie... Okay. I hate to say it, because I'm tired of this fucking Karen of a man. But this is... This has to be a reverse flash, fail-safe type of situation. It has to be. And I wouldn't be surprised if they use this to slightly retcon why we've been able to see the reverse flash ever since, you know, he was really supposed to be gone, gone. So... I would, yeah, I'm just, I would not be surprised if this is a reverse flash type of situation. The fact that Eddie had, like, this weird amnesia. Like, how long has he been in the future? 
Like, how, how long has he been there? Like, and he had amnesia, and he had an entirely different personality, and he was like a scientist, and he just so happened to be in the right place to get hit by lightning and that sort of thing. Like, I, I think this is a reverse Flash type of situation. This is what I hope. Because I feel like in the next episode, we're going to see Eddie become Cobalt Blue because this episode, Professor doesn't like the subtitle, the subtitle, but it, it was called The Blues. And I think we're going to see him become Cobalt Blue, and I think the negative speed force is going to corrupt him. And in essence, he's going to become a villain that Team Flash created. Because, I mean, they kind of forgot about Eddie, you know, and, and that well, sort of thing. Well, he was dead. Well, yeah, he was dead. But maybe they, they, he, felt, he feels, like, resentful that all of a sudden Barry has the life that he should have. Like, I don't know. Like, remember, the negative speed force corrupts your thoughts and warps what you're thinking. So that's the person that we're seeing fuck with Barry right now. What I think is going to end up actually happening at the end of it all, if Keon is not the one to completely pulverize the reverse Flash, I would not be surprised if, once again... Eddie, when he, once he gets his senses, he's going to sacrifice himself again because he should not be alive. Like, he was supposed to die. And him sacrificing himself again as Cobalt Blue will be what kills Thawne forever, finally. Kaput. Period. Dot. Yeah, personally, I would like to see it uh, something like that with uh, with Eddie. Uh, you know, I, I I hope Eddie doesn't do a full heel turn, um, and uh, and I'm hoping that yeah, he is uh, instrumental uh, in in defeating the Reverse Flash once and for all. Uh, if only because you know, if you think back to Eddie, you know, back in season one, you know, Eddie was a good guy. There was nothing wrong with him except that he was Barry's romantic rival. Um, you know, and you know, died heroically. You know, saving everyone. Uh, by killing himself and ensuring that Thawne, uh, you know, couldn't exist. And you're right. You know, that was, you know, sort of a season one thing. And, you know, eight seasons later, Thawne is still out there, even though, you know, you know, shoot your grandfather, you're supposed to disappear at some point. Um, so uh, I think you're right that, you know, that, that there, there, there could be, you know, another shoe that's going to drop regarding mm-hmm. that uh, Thawne will reveal, no, I brought him back and he was able to, uh, to, uh, to meet his grandmother and, uh, and whatever. But, uh, yeah, again, this is just my personal uh, feeling that, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Eddie has been a bit hard done by, even though there was, there was nothing wrong with Eddie, uh, aside from as the fact, as I said, you know, he was, you know, Barry's romantic rival. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have gotten a vasectomy. He was a good guy who had a, a good death, and I hope he, uh, uh, he gets the chance to, uh, to go out a hero rather than a villain. Yeah, I agree. But, but, but remember, the negative speed force corrupts. Like, we had that wonderful South Asian True. woman in the last season. And even, you know, even though she was wonderful and delightful and everything, when she got corrupted by the negative speed force, she was like an evil bitch. So we're going to see Eddie become an evil bitch for a moment. Um, and, and after that, hopefully he somehow, remember the, the talk no jitsu, the power of love, you know, remember Eddie, you were a good person. Like all that type of shit is going to end up happening. And then he'll remember he's a good person and then he'll sacrifice himself again. And, um, and Don will be dead, dead. And he should have just gotten um, a vasectomy from the first time around instead of shooting yeah, himself. Yeah, exactly. As, as, as I believe you said back in season one, just get a, uh, or even, you know, if you have to do it with a gun, just, you know, 
shoot yourself in the balls. I mean, you know, you don't have to kill yourself anymore. Uh, before we move on to the MVP section, was there anything anyone wanted to mention? An Easter egg, a Hall of Shame, or a Hall of Fame moment? Uh, I had one, which was that uh, uh, when Eddie was in, uh, was before Eddie went into uh, Colbert's office, uh, you know, and they had the shot of the wall with the officers who died in duty, they died in the line of duty. One of them was a police dog. And I thought to myself, you know, if anything's going to piss Eddie off, it's probably going to be realizing he was memorialized alongside the canine unit. What? The, the dog died saving the city. I just feel that, you know, if, if I were someone who'd given my life saving the city and I found that the only memorial to me was a picture beside a dog. There was a left. human there, too. A gentleman. Yeah, a couple of other humans, but the dog was a much better picture. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean that's, that's a killer dating profile thing. Just show your memorial picture next to the dog memorial picture. People say that works. If you're out there looking for necrophiliacs. Uh, oh. Okay, if there's no other Easter eggs, uh, it's time for the MVP. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character's been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Uh, well, hmm, Dimitri wasn't here last week. Do I punish him or reward him for his tardiness? Uh, I'll reward you. Go ahead. Dimitri, who's your MVP and why? Um, yeah, I, I gotta give it to Eddie. Uh, while... I do feel like we're heavily in rerun territory with a lot of what's going on. I mean, I feel like we watched a rerun in a rerun with Barry disappearing again. And we have seen Eddie return a few times now. There there was something about the way um, Rick kind of played this, this version of Eddie slash not Eddie where even though it was weird and kind of uncanny valley, like I couldn't stop watching him. I couldn't stop being like, something's off about you, but I'm very curious where this journey takes you, which is hard to do given that we've kind of already seen a creepy Eddie from the past future alternate universe before. So props for props for the way, uh, you know, this was executed. Um, I think, uh, you know, while I wish the writing would break away from the constant, you know, blast from the past trope, it was it was well executed here. You know, there are only two episodes left. This is the time for blast for the past tropes. But but also they did that like a season ago and two seasons ago. And reverse flash shows up, you know, every three episodes. Like, it loses its impact. No, that it, you are right. Although they did have an excuse last season. Remember last season, they thought it was going to be the final season. So, you know. Uh, Jeff, who is your MVP and why? Okay. I am going to give it to Iris West Allen for two reasons. Number one, I loved her really emotional discussion with Allegra after she found the Flash Missing in Crisis article that she had written. And I loved her monologue, her voice message to Barry about what was going on at um, Star Labs. Like, I just thought Candace Patton did such a fantastic job emoting. Like, I, I was... I was here for all of it. Like, as I was watching this episode, I was like, shit, we've been watching these people for almost a decade. Like, good grief. Even with the flashbacks, which I don't really understand the effects of what they did with the flashbacks. It was, it was like a weird filter. to. I don't, it was very strange. Like, they just could have, like, 
done it in like a normal filter where maybe it was like sepia toned or something, but they did like a, like a mirror type of effect to it that just didn't work for me at least when they did like the the season one flashbacks. I mean, they should have done the same thing like when they were showing flashbacks to the previous episode, but I'm, I'm sort of digressing. Um, it, it's just picking on that. But because we saw those flashbacks, I'm like, good grief, Iris West Ellen has grown so much as a character in all this time. And, and so, yeah, I, I just, I thought she was fantastic in this episode. Uh, my MVP is Captain Colbert. Uh, it's just, you oh. know, it's, it's kind of nice to see someone who starts out as, like, someone who gets one line. It's basically a walk-on, and they keep bringing her back, keep bringing her back, keep bringing her back. And you know what? In this reality, whether it's the future, whether it's an alternate Earth, whatever it is, she's the captain. Congratulations. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's always just nice to see a Canadian day player, you know, get boosted up. Not quite series regular or anything like that. But it's always nice to see. Is she Canadian? Do we know this officially? I'm assuming that the fact that when they brought her on, they, they wouldn't have brought in an American for like a one-line walk-on part when Colbert was first introduced. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet any reasonable sum of money that, uh, that she's Canadian. How would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Jeff, what is your rating? Okay, I'm remembering an Easter egg. I just want to give a props oh. to the visual effects people uh, with how they're doing the title card. Like, I love the blues in it, and uh, they had they've done this before where they do you know like the episode title. Um, but I, I just I enjoyed that. Um, I kind of wish that they had always done that whenever they had like graphic novels. But I understand why they haven't. They, you know, they keep it for the special ones. And so um, I, it makes these final episodes feel a little bit special. So outside of that, um, I'm going to give this episode... Uh, okay, so I, I was bothered by the Chester stuff, and I was bothered by the Cecile stuff. Just because I feel like Chester should have been a little suspicious, and Cecile, 10,000%, should have been very suspicious about the situation. But outside of that, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. Not as good as the previous one, but still a really good sort of, you know, middle of the arc type of episode, basically catching us up with what was going on in the quote-unquote present, as well as the nondescript future with the Doctor slash Eddie. All of that was interesting stuff. The reveal that Eddie was Eddie was surprising the confirmation about who Keon is was really interesting Barry disappearing again fascinating and the fact that we got the very 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 start of Iris giving birth to somebody I feel like it's not going to be Nora but anyway, maybe it's twins that's what I think it's going to end up being but anyway uh, um, yeah, I'm with you I think twins yeah I think it's going to be twins and they'll be Bart and Nora uh, but anyway, um, I think uh, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it an 8.75. I, I'm torn because I, I like I, in my heart I want to give it a nine, but the fact that the writers had to write some characters to be dumb, so that they wouldn't realize that Mark was clearly incredibly suspicious, kind of irks me a little bit. And I do feel like last week was was like a just a teeny tiny bit better. Dimitri, how would you rate the episode? Wow. Um, I'm going to seem like a downer compared to that very generous assessment. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to give this a seven. Um, there's just so much reruns. Eddie coming back, rerun, 
Barry disappearing again in this episode rerun. Um, you know, are you I calling callbacks about, reruns? Know, what the future relationship she's gonna have with her daughter is rerun. Um, Keon, I don't care. Like it just, uh, it so little of this feels original. And like you said, it is the is anti penultimate a real thing, or did the yes, professor just say that? No, it's a real word. I threw I it in there it. twice, knowing you would question it. <laughs> You've fallen into my trap. Why are you being persnickety? Oh dear lord! Um, <laughs> but you know, this is the time to pull out all the stops. Like, there's no like, oh, if we do this, how will we up the ante from here? You don't have to up the ante from here. This is the ante. This is the final ante. So. Just, you know, do something, you know, huge. Um, I just, I wish, um, I would have taken, you know, the blood work arc if they had stretched it out to the end of the uh, series. But this just seems so lackluster. And I really was hoping for a multi-episode buildup, um, but it doesn't look like we're getting that. This was also, like, I was slightly hoping that maybe this is where Carlos Valdez makes an appearance. No, he'll be in the very final one, I promise you. Um, But uh, I'm starting to think that isn't going to happen, which is a real shame. Oh, it'll happen. He'll be in the very final one, I promise you. Like, that, I feel like it's 10,000% guaranteed that he's going to be in the final one. Okay. Um, Well, yeah, I just, I feel like... This doesn't feel like the series is ending. This feels like really? someone called them and told them they have to do three more seasons, and they're like, all right, phone this one in. What? And as for me, uh, with only two episodes left, I find myself having to utter those four most disturbing words in the English language. I agree with Dimitri. Give it a seven. What? Uh, this episode failed to move me, um, especially, as Jeff was saying, after last week's. I kind of liked structurally the idea that you know last week we were seeing what Barry was up to. This week we were seeing what the rest of the team was up to while Barry was fighting. But, uh, yeah, it just failed to engage me. Uh, the, the stupidity of the characters bothered me. Um, Keon being so god-level is, uh, is a bit annoying. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, uh, you know, and maybe we'll get a resolution to what's going on with Eddie, but the fact that, you know, uh, you know the, the blood and the bullet suddenly appeared when, just when his memories came back. Um, yeah, I'm just left with uh, a sense that, yeah, like it, it's uh, it's it's too many questions, not enough answers, and we've only got two episodes left. So for me, yeah, this episode just yeah uh, did not move me. Y'all do realize so going, this is a four episode arc. Like they gotta spread it, it out over four, four episode episodes. Arc, yes, but I'm just saying this episode of the four episodes did not move me. All right. Again, don't force me to say those four words again. Join us next time for a brand new penultimate installment of the Central City Citizen. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts, 
and Google Play. Just search for the Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, now for my co-host. Please wish listeners a good night, starting with the occasionally correct Dimitri. Good night, Central City, and I agree with you, Professor. Oh, it just feels wrong. Jeff. Good night, Central City. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to the Central City Citizen by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. New episodes release every Friday. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. Good night. 